0: Dr. David Tabrett, talking about tick poisoning—is it that time oh, already? Is it? it?
1: I'm I'm actually a couple of weeks late. Yeah. I was supposed to do this a few weeks ago. Wow! And I've been away. So, look, I apologise. We're going to catch up. It's not too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheryl, just
0: a little lower there on the shoulder. Cheryl Shaw with us, talking about massage today. Cheryl, aren't you? That's right. But we're
2: not going to be talking about massage for humans. It's massage for our dogs today.
1: Uh, oh, dogs. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, sure. you know dave's got a bit of a hairy yeah. back, so <laughs> we'll pretend <laughs> and of course we 'll be inviting your calls a little later on
0: on four nine two one six two one six to be part of the program. <laughs> Cheryl Shaw is with us talking about massage
2: that 's right massage is really great, not only for us but we also need to remember that it 's really important for our pets as well. Massage has been around for civilizations, and you know what the word actually comes from Greek word Masso meaning to need, so just remember when you 're baking your bread, you need the bread this is what you can do with your dog but before you think about starting it i want you all to take your dog for a vet checkup because there would be nothing worse than starting massage on a dog that may have some underlying problem so it's really important to get that clearance from your vet before you start massaging um, once you do have that clearance you're going to really 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 enjoy massaging your dog there's a lot of benefits that happen for your dog apart from the fact that the dog will enjoy it and so will you there's um, the benefits that that happen are really really physical so that the dog is going to feel a lot better and that padding and stroking will also increase the well-being of the dog um, when you are massaging your dog, just remember to find a nice warm place and make sure your hands are warm before you start massaging because there would be nothing worse than if your puppy is laying there and you put some cold hands on your dog over the morning. What massage will do, it will increase the circulation of your dog's blood and in turn that will help assist the healing and maintaining the strength and the tone of the muscles of the dog. It will keep the flexibility and fitness... We all know that some dogs are pretty sedentary, particularly your senior dogs. They'll lay on the lounge or on the bed or on the carpet and they're not moving a lot, which isn't really great. So to improve um, their mobility, if you can maintain a lot of massage, um, this will help the dog to increase its mobility. Also, if you've got a dog that's fairly anxious massaging a dog will um, calm that dog down so if in storms and things like that your dog seems anxious you can help to relax it by massaging it
1: i think that's that's a really interesting point that um that anxiety it probably works both ways it works for the person the pet owner and for uh the pet in those circumstances because it is a calming
2: that's right, Dave, on both of them it sort of goes through <laughs> if you're if you're rubbing and stroking the dog that's lowering your blood pressure as well mm. and it's also increasing the dog's blood flow through the body and helping the dog to relax mm. as well yeah
1: one of the things i find that often happens with people who come into the vet clinic is that uh they say i was giving my dog a rub uh, they may not say it was massage but same thing and then they find a lump that they're worried about. So I think you mentioned that right at the top is to get a check-up because it could be quite disconcerting for an owner to go, oh, what's this lump? And if they actually had that check-up, yeah. they would know ahead of time, okay, the vet's checked that, that's fine. You know, you're not going to scare yourself
2: That's right. when that happens. And there are other things too, Dave, That when you think about what's actually happening in that dog. You know, there could be things like... Um you know some some conditions that aren't um ideal to start massaging the dog so you'd want to make sure that your vet is giving that clearance that you know it's it's there's no contraindicators
1: for a so problem so what sort of things like painful yes, conditions yes. Or, or the other thing i think of is um, maybe skin infections yes. would be you know, you don't want to be massaging that, obviously.
2: That's right. Um, or if yeah. there's inflammation that could actually, you know, or a wound there, that they don't want to be rubbing that until they get um, certainly somebody saying, yes, it's okay to go ahead mm. and do that.
1: Oh, that's a good point too.
2: Yeah, and, mm. and again, with um, dogs that are pregnant, you wouldn't be massaging any pregnant dog. We certainly don't want to be doing Oh, that.
1: you've got to send them to uh, prenatal classes <laughs> <laughs> learn how to breathe.
2: Yes. so um, a work. it is really important though to um to make sure that um you know you do you do uh, you th- that you're gentle with the dog when you're doing it if the dog is experiencing any discomfort then stop and move on to another space because you may not be doing it just quite right but you can massage your dog at home there's no need to go off to find a professional unless that's something that you want to do but it's a really nice bonding experience for both the owner and for the dog
1: how long would did you- Massage a dog for If you think you lay the dog down Obviously they may The dog might set the time limit That's right but, uh, you know, how long do you think usually, is useful? Usually
2: about 20 to 30 minutes. It'll depend. Again, if okay. the dog has had enough, it's going to sort of indicate that it's not feeling like it wants anymore. Mm. Um, the the other thing is, you know, you need to make sure that you're balanced in the way you are massaging the dog as well. So not just concentrating on one particular area. So if you're doing, say, the hip on the right side, make sure you also do the hip on the left side, just so that the symmetry's there, so that the dog is feeling quite even when it gets up and moves away.
1: Mm. and so are these uh just doing large muscle groups really um on the body and just how's what's that you mentioned about? the word of needing yes but we're not we're not kind of digging in oh no
2: no 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 digging in so so just some rolling of of your um the pad of your palm of your hand so rolling that in no poking with fingers and things like that because obviously if we poke that's not a nice feeling Um, and long smooth strokes so long smooth um strokes and you know sort of making them just nice and smooth a little bit of pressure but not too much
1: Mm. i'm going to ask this question yeah can you do it with your cat
2: oh i think it's the two stroke rule (laughs) two strokes the third one two and a half yeah Yeah. two and a half i think you know oh that's an interesting one
1: yeah the cat goes in for a massage and the owner comes out bleeding yes yes
2: maybe your ragdoll might be okay
1: are the more floppy type of cats yeah Yeah.
2: they're going to tolerate a bit more but um certainly Mm. you know i don't think your Siamese is going to enjoy that
1: oh no okay Okay. So, yeah, so
2: good. So massage is really lovely for your dog. And, um, yeah, make sure, though, you get that check before you start doing it.
0: And we're taking your calls. Joining us right now from Cameron Park. Good afternoon, Lynn.
2: Good afternoon. It's,
3: um, I was listening to your dog massaging. I have three Himalayan Persians, which I massage them down from their neck, right down their spine, massage around their cheeks, and one in particular lays over so I can give the tummy a rub, and one when I finish massaging, just keeps licking my hands and my arms
2: oh Lynn that's really lovely, oh. so you 've got three cats that really enjoy massage
3: yeah I, well yeah I, they just sit, oh they sit up they sit in line for a comb (laughs) um i comb them like but but yeah the three of them i just start at the neck and just go down gently down the spine about four or five times and then around their jowls like and and on their forehead on their head between their ears they love that but one in particular i'll do his tummy as well but when i start he starts licking my hands Once and my more. wrists. Yeah. Is is that love? Is that
1: kisses? Uh, the licking. I think I think he probably wants you to keep going by the sounds of it. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, I think it's um, interesting because there's three. There's probably one of them who's, like you said, is really into it, and the other two are probably following the behaviour as well.
3: Well, so I have an eleven year old one and two seven year olds and they're not from the same breed yep. but um the two seven year old ones the eleven year old one he will do it he will like it but he more, more likes between his ears, just rub round and round and round and his eyes close, you know, and oh, rub round his jaw jewel jowls, you know. Yep. And, but the what we call baby, he's gonna be a baby when he's fifteen, this cat. Um, but no, he, he licks me, and he sits on me, and sometimes he 'd be sitting on me, and he just licks why do they do they lick? Is that like is it their kisses or is yeah that...
1: they they pick up the smells and um, and it 's you know mutual grooming is uh, cats will groom each other as a social interaction, so it 's actually a, a way of the cats um, communicating that uh, they 've accepted you into their pride into their group so well done i think that's a fantastic story if you'd like to call our vet
0: you'll get through straight away 49216216 just like lynn has done now we're talking about Tick poisoning. Now you say that this seventeenth of August is a bit late now in the season.
1: Well, I like to should have started people. a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we always uh, talk about ticks in August uh, on the show just yeah. to remind people. Most people who live in tick areas know that they need to be on the lookout the whole year round. Um, we do see patients come into the emergency centre with ticks on them the whole year round, but of course there is a strong seasonal influence where the numbers start to go up. So we're really starting to see that. And the uh, ticks will breed, their optimal breeding temperature is around about 13 to 15 degrees Celsius. So, you know, we're well and truly in that. Mm. You know, we're not sort of shivering below that much these days, even though we're still in winter. So, yeah, so if you have in an area where ticks are found, and that's pretty much the whole of our listening area i guess um, then you need to be on the lookout using a preventative and um, you can speak uh, to your vets about that there are new products always coming onto the market Um, finding the one that works best in combination with your flea control also combination with worming control and there's different ones that people use different ones for dogs and cats the most important thing however is to be Uh, searching your pets and this is combining the massage idea with tick searches so that as you're running your hand over the pets if you feel a little bump and then you need to have a look go in and see you know if it is a tick uh, then it needs to be removed now you can actually get little uh, tools that uh, help you remove the tick one of them looks like a little uh, crowbar um, for a very little person and uh, you just slip that under the the front of the tick and it sort of levers the tick out another one i have seen is actually a little noose where you noose the tick i've never done that one but you know they're all made for little people and uh but the one i i look i i usually don't have those things handy when i'm ready to remove a tick so i have a pair of tweezers and i'll lay them uh, flat against the skin so that i'm not coming From the top of the tick down With the pincers towards the skin They're flat against the skin, either side And then I close the jaws of the tweezers Around the tick And then I just roll it over, I don't pluck it out I just roll it, and that way It'll just pop out quite easily Mm, mm. Um, People ask, you know, should you Kill the tick first or not Look, I think if you do it neatly and cleanly Like that, it doesn't really matter um, Because oftentimes when I do it that way They come out, they're actually still alive so then I'll kill them when they're off the pet. Um, you know, do the ticks inject more serum, uh, more saliva, which contains the toxin if they're dying? It's uh, it's unknown really uh, if that happens. Um, so I I just tend to remove them and then kill them afterwards, which will probably be with either some methylated spirits or a tick preventative spray something like that
0: now with the tick preventatives does it take a while for those to start to work
1: they're all a bit different so you've got uh, some collars there's um sprays and washes and and they have different residual effects which means after you put it on uh, how long before it starts working and then how long does it keep working for So it depends on what the product is. But, yes, if it's something that you put in one place, for instance, if you're using a uh, type of a a spot-on liquid and there's a couple of different ones, obviously that has to spread all over the body. Now, the estimate is it probably takes up to 24 hours. So it's not very long. It actually moves through the fatty layer of the skin, the oils on the skin. Mm -hmm. So if you've just bathed your dog with a shampoo, which will often take those oils out of the skin probably you need to wait the next day before you put the uh, tick preventative on otherwise there's no oil on that skin for it to move through
0: now is there any areas where say you're going for your afternoon or your morning walk with a dog that you should be mindful of that this could be where ticks are is well, it like longer grass or yeah. bushland
1: it would be it's probably the classical story that yes, they'll be found in the long grass, and ticks have this life cycle where the um, eggs hatch and the larvae come out, and then they shed their um, skin and then they develop into nymphs and um, and then the nymphs have a feed, and then they shed their skin, so they will actually climb up onto the longer grass so that as a dog walks past they, they, they want to get close to a warm blooded mammal. So they're often at that sort of, you know, knee height or just below. Um, however, we we see pets that get ticks that have never been in long grass. So, mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean? Well, it probably just means that, well, you know, they come out of trees and they, they're in short grass and things like that. Um, most people, though, they're probably not that aware of how well-traveled their pet is. You know, even mm-hmm. if you go to the park and you think, oh, he didn't go near the long grass... Well, you know, you probably weren't watching him every single second and he may well have um, had exposure. So, yeah, just need to be vigilant and really that goes for pretty much um, everybody listening today. With If you have pets, you need to be on the lookout for ticks. And we love it when we find out activities that we can get
0: out and about in with our animals and you've got something there for Cheryl.
2: Yeah, this sounds really interesting. It's at the Pepper Tree Winery and it's a pooch picnic. Oh, yeah, how to good does that sound? Sunday the 28th of August. And it's on from 10.30 to 2.30. It's a gold, don- gold coin a gold coin donation, and that's going to go to the Dog Rescue Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, what have you got, Dave?
1: No, it's out of date.
2: It's out of <laughs> date? Wow, well, there you go. That information there is not going to be put forward.
1: Dave, what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> you like that, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you got it. Now, listen, I uh, we were talking about uh, the last time I was on, I mentioned climate change. I'm right all over this. Oh, Oh, so now I talk about ticks. But guess what? What? Normally, I don't talk about snakes uh, and snake bites. in October. Yeah, October, but they're not out yet. No, they are. No, yeah, too soon. No, there was a a friend of mine spotted a black snake on the Fernley track already. Yep. Oh, scary! I know. I didn't read the Memo, that snake. He should have stayed in bed a he bit longer. He should be sleeping. He still got a little more sleep there I have. know, I know. Well, you can't stop, you know, they're sensitive to the temperature.
2: Yeah, and this weather has been really beautiful. Sunday mm. was so nice, so he was just having a little bath. It's bask.
1: beautiful until you step on a snake. Oh. <clears throat> That's so, not good. No. So, um, look, we, we are going to talk about snake bite, well, but since not today. Just, since
0: you've time. just said that, can I ask this question? Right. I'm out walking my dog. Boom, gets bit by a snake. What's the first things I do? Can you go through the process, what we should do?
1: Well, the first thing you don't do is put yourself in danger. Right. Okay? So don't be a hero. I know like you, that's your natural tendency. Don't try and think, I've got to get the snake and take it in. Right? No, I that's do. what happens. That's how actually people get bitten, no. is because they think, oh, if I take the just snake, just try and we can observe identify. what colour it is, wouldn't you? Just Doesn't matter. We've got a test. Okay, we've got Good. a test kit Good. that'll tell us. So, don't first of all, don't put yourself at risk. Um, dogs often, um, you know, they don't know they don't have that psychological fear of snakes. They actually can be quite aggressive towards uh, snakes so normally if it was a person you think well if you get bitten you just lay down and not move you know dogs no they'll run do silly stuff so you do need to keep them calm um there's really no great advantage to doing things like washing it out definitely don't suck the wound or anything like that most of the time when we see dogs with snake bite we actually it's unknown The dog was on its own or it was found in the backyard with a dead snake and the owner's like, well, I don't know. Was it bitten or wasn't it? Mm. So it's very rare that we get a witnessed um, case of a dog with snake bite. But uh, the best advice is stay calm, don't panic, don't put yourself at risk and take your dog to the nearest vet as quickly as possible, even if they're showing no signs. And um, there are some special things about snake bite, which we'll talk about another time as well. But um, even if they're not showing signs, they can still be at risk of death. What what are
0: some of the signs, say you haven't seen your dog bitten? Mm. What do you look at to think, hang on, he's acting a little bit, or she's acting a little bit funny?
1: Well, that's, that's usually what people say to us, he's acting a bit funny. So it's often the dog might be a bit wobbly, they can vomit, they might start to experience breathing problems, so noisy breathing or just really not moving air in and out. Uh, if they're collapsed is another thing. If you notice any um, bleeding, like I've had a dog come in that was their first sign of snake bite was that it had passed uh, bloody or red urine. And so as part of our testing to say what could be causing that, mm. then we discover that that um, it's been bitten by a snake. The funny thing too is that um, you, know, you might think, oh, well, it, he's been inside for the last half hour. I've had a cat that came in that was witnessed to be bitten and then seemed to be okay for two days, and okay. then came in with symptoms, so the ti- usually yes it 's a very close time frame can, can you Can you save them, or in cases is it fatal no look in in most cases um, our treatments are effective, and uh, we we send them home um, right. doing well obviously there's some patients that uh, are going to have um, more severe envenomation than others. Um, And some of those we have different strategies So it might be we have to put them on a ventilator um, Give them plasma transfusions Things like that But the anti-venom that we use in Australia Is so effective It um, can rapidly reverse The uh, effects of the toxin Very very quickly Sorry I should say venom not toxin Great news thank you you for that From Bishop's Bridge Hello Richard
0: how are you this afternoon
4: Thanks for taking my call No worries Um I have a uh, nine-year-old, he's cross, uh, Maltese, Bichon, he's uh, all curly hair, it's all ringlets. Um, Ever since I've had him, he's always had a lot of uh, hair built up in his ears, and um, of late he's uh, developed this uh, wax problem on both ears. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had him to my Mm -hmm. vet. And he uh, had a look at him. Yeah, okay. Uh, pulled out um, just brown hair. He said, "Just pull it out," you know, which I did. Yeah. And uh, he gave me, or oh, I had to purchase, UricoL. I think it's called UricoL. Uh,
1: righto. It's, yep. It's,
4: sorry, it's a a u r a c o l.
1: Oracle. Yep. Okay. Or, oh, yeah, sorry, it's an Oracle. ear cleaner. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, this will do the job. And uh, I've used all of this, and uh, he still has the same
1: problem. So what colour is the wax that's coming out? Well, it's, it's dark brown. Dark brown, yeah. Now, does yeah. your little one, does he lick at his feet? Has he got um, problems with his skin on his feet?
4: Uh, no. Uh, obviously, he stretches his ears uh, he's, he's, uh, with his back legs, and right. and he'll tend to lick the wax off them, I guess.
1: Yeah. Okay, it's um it's a pretty common problem that we see in these little dogs and so oftentimes it's associated with um, skin allergies and that's why I was asking about other problems around the their feet and things like that. But ears are a real problem because there's very poor ventilation and so your vet's advice about removing the hair is really useful in that um, it actually allows more air to get in there and you're using a cleaner. A lot of dogs end up, that this becomes a maintenance issue. So, once you make sure there's no allergies or any other reason to have an ear problem, and sometimes that can include a few more visits to the vet to make sure that's happen- um, you know, that you've got it all cleared up. But a lot of the time you're just going to need to do it as a maintenance thing. Sometimes you can use uh, dietary therapies to help if uh, we suspect that there might be some dietary aspect to this as well. Or you may need allergy testing if it looks like that's the problem. But it's not unusual for an older dog, particularly those little Maltese, to have chronic ear problems which require chronic care, just as you're doing at the moment. So worthwhile going back to the vet, but I'd say you might be in this for the long haul. Good luck with that. Thank you so much for giving us a call. Richard, we're out of
0: time. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us Dave. for Pet Chats. There's our vet, Dr David Tabbert. And Cheryl Shaw, thank you for today. Thank you. We'll be back again from midday next Wednesday here at 2NURFM.